0: John Jones either has the worst friend in human history (laughs) or he's dumb. That's what I want, but that's never ever going to happen. Don't trust Dana. DTD. Hashtag DTD. If you want to embarrass yourself, you go right ahead. I don't care. Nurmagomedov makes you hate living. I don't think he was ever in danger in any fight he's been in in the UFC. And Outside of that, I don't know shit. I don't have a damn clue. Ladies and gentlemen, we are What's going on guys? Joaquin Rivera here with Sam Easter. This is episode number 33 of The Weigh-Ins. We have some fantastic fights to get to. Some ones that recently happened, some ones that are coming up, and some ones that were way back uh in early april so we're gonna we're gonna go all the way back there and and catch you all up and then get excited for the ones we have come up here this saturday on may 4th first of all sam how you doing i'm good how are you doing i'm doing fantastic again because we're getting right back in the swing of things right we had those we had like that exciting month march was insane uh april kind of had some some beautiful fights sprinkled in there and now we're getting right back into it Um, but it just feels like we got so much going on this last saturday we had bellator matching up right next to the ufc uh i believe that happens again up uh, in may 11th i want to say yeah I, I think there's another bellator event that that's, that's going to be matched up right against the ufc so they like doing that um it's fun i mean i'm not sure how many of them have the star power at bellator to really to fight at one of, against one of the ufc's
1: pay-per-view events maybe mm-hmm. some of the it's uh douglas lima and michael venom page
0: so that one, okay, at the very least, it's part and of their uh, welterweight tournament that they're doing right now. Again, that's what was going on as well with Rory McDonald and, and John Fitch yeah. this last weekend as well. So as they're getting that all going on, the
1: UFC's got its full plate of events yeah. as well. It's also Michael Chandler versus uh, Patricio Pitbull. Now that one's probably the more almost intriguing one yeah, for me. So I still want to see eleventh.
0: I'd still like to see Michael Venom Page in a f- I mean, we thought we were getting that in his last one against Paul Daly. We didn't really get, I think, what we were all anticipating. Bellator has a, a couple of opportunities, it feels like, to really snatch a lot more of the viewers. And I think that was one of their bigger ones. And it, it was disappointing, but you understand as well why Paul Daly fought the way he did against Michael Venom Page. Yeah. Uh, but not to get too far distracted. Let's talk about the primary thing that we last left off with, UFC 236. We previewed it uh, a couple of weeks back. We both anticipated that we were going to get fireworks. I think we certainly got what we wanted. Yes, sir. We did not get the finishes, although both of the guys that lost these fights are very difficult people to finish. Yes. So, uh, you know, spectacular event all the way around. The co-main event was phenomenal. Um, You know, you and I watched this fight. We had some friends at your house. Yep. We watched this first fight and it was almost like we were exhausted before we even got to the second one then we still had to have
1: especially after that fifth round
0: (laughs) yes absolutely because uh, Israel Adesanya was back and forth and then you know he came back to be the guy we anticipated he would be in that fifth round yeah Uh, which is something I think we needed to see as well And people you know his last performance people were questioning he had multiple other middleweights tweet out the second he beat Anderson Silva uh, and and they had General. The general point seemed to be that people felt he was overrated. They they weren't overly impressed with his performance. He made multiple comments saying that he was going to you know retire Anderson Silva. He respected him, but he was going to put him out to pasture. Essentially, it was it was mm-hmm. it was the end uh, the ending uh, the passing of the old guard. Uh, you know, people compared him as far as style and a lot of similarities between the two. So either way, we were, we were anticipating a show. I think we got a bit of a show. It was fun theatrics at times. But I guess I understand where maybe some of the other middleweights were coming from. That was not the most impressive Israel Adesanya that we had seen um, or maybe that we
1: anticipated based on how he was talking and based on the age of Anderson Silva. I think a lot of people look at Anderson Silva as a 44 year old Anderson Silva, and I think when Izzy fought him, he looked at him as still a prime. Well, Anderson that's the Silva comment and I heard. His game a little bit maybe too much.
0: That's the comment I heard more than anything else from everyone after the fact. Yeah. Was well, he was a 43 year old Anderson Silva. That's a 43 year old Anderson Silva. If Anderson Silva wins that fight, I mean, uh, people are talking about it very differently. Granted, yeah. he wasn't overly close to winning that fight. But even if he wins,
1: they're still going to say, oh, that's a 43-year-old Anderson." Yeah, and then I guess
0: you're questioning more about Adesanya at that point, but no questions left uh, after this fight with with Kelvin Gastelum. I was... Were you surprised by
1: anything in that fight, or was that, that what you expected to see? I'm surprised how quickly he locked up that guillotine and then switched it to the triangle and had that locked in on Kelvin who's a 10th Planet black belt, spends a lot of time on his... Back, getting attacked from those kind of angles, and the
0: general thought process when it comes to Adesanya is that he's not comfortable on his back. Game, he yeah. doesn't want anything to do with the ground. He's going to try to keep it standing. Obviously, he's a phenomenal kickboxer. Yeah,
1: but he was willing to engage. He's willing to initiate it,
0: and he had the the. I mean. Something that helps you out in jiu-jitsu or anything on the ground, being caught in your back, having the length, having the long legs, having the long arms. Adesanya has both, and certainly against a much smaller opponent, that's the opportunity you have to kind of put yourself in those situations, I guess, if you're taken down by a wrestler like Yeah, he
1: showed he's capable of going to those places.
0: Now, we saw a lot of power as well coming from Kelvin Gastelum.
1: Yeah, he cracked, especially in that first round. Was there any point in time where you thought Kelvin might get this finish? Uh, I think it was in the th- the third round when he had Izzy wobbled, or no, it was the fourth round when he hit him with that head kick, and he had him, he had him messed up, but Izzy survived. And it felt like in that fourth round you weren't
0: sure if Adesanya had enough left to come out in the fifth and do what he had to do, and then that fifth round started and he came out and he knew, okay, I got five minutes. This yeah, could it was be two-two. this. Yeah, this could be a. This is a two-two fight potentially right now, or at least at the very least, I have to treat it as such because you don't know what the the judges are going to give you. And he went out there and he won that fight yeah, in he, that fifth round. He put out a 10-8 on that round. It was a phenomenal performance. He dropped him a couple of times at the end. Yeah, that's what won him the championship
1: was that fifth round.
0: And you got to give him that credit. So it sets everything up perfectly for him and Rob uh, sometime, hopefully in the summer. Robert Whittaker has come out and said, you know, essentially he tweeted out right afterwards, you know, good performance, you know, I'll see you this summer. Yeah, see you soon. Now, it's hard to anticipate much more in the middleweight division than a fight like that. Do you think Israel is ready for this? I mean, obviously he's getting this opportunity now. It's probably time that he just has deserved it based on what he's done in the octagon. But for the fight itself, is this the time for Adesanya to walk in and beat Robert Whittaker?
1: I don't know. See, Kel- Kelvin hit Izzy a lot, and he hit him with the head. Now we talked too. about this
0: the second we watched the first couple rounds.
1: Yeah, and I think Rob hits harder than Kelvin. I think he's faster than Kelvin. He's bigger than Kelvin, and uh,
0: if he connects the same way on Adesanya
1: that Kelvin did, then I think. I think Izzy's not recovering from that. Yeah, I don't think he would recover from that.
0: So that's the difficulty, I guess, if you're Israel Adesanya, if you have the same game plan. Now, Rob's bigger, so I would hope that maybe Izzy has at least a slightly different game plan, knowing that he's facing the champion. Uh, uh, You know, a guy who's gone through two wars with Yoel Romero and kept it where he wanted it to be. Yeah, I imagine Izzy wants that fight standing. I imagine Rob is willing to oblige him in that. Um, <laughs> is this just going to be a matter of power when it comes to Robert Whitaker? Or is there
1: a way that Adesanya can keep a distance and, and try to pick him apart? I think it's going to come down to the power, the power of Robert Whitaker and the kicks that he can throw behind it. Whereas Kelvin's more of a straight boxer, but even hit him with the head kick where Rob is actually like a karate black belt and it can add different techniques together.
0: And this will technically be the first real uh, defense for Robert Whittaker. Robert Whittaker assuming has to get everyone, to officially makes weight. Now, granted, yes, he has to make weight. He has to get to the actual event. Um, they're planning on making this again in Australia, and both times Whittaker was anticipated to fight in Australia. He both, never made it
1: both times. Got had to pull.
0: So that is that's a little terrifying, isn't it? To to try to set that up again. Obviously, you don't want to assume it has anything to do with him being in Australia or anything that. You know, him going home has anything to do with him not actually getting out there in the octagon, but it's a little frustrating to know that you've set up all the promotion, you've gotten all the way out there, and twice it hasn't happened.
1: Yeah, it is frustrating, but, uh, you know, you want the guy to be healthy first and foremost before anything else.
0: He seems like he's okay. I mean, what he went through was terrifying when you yeah. hear the details of it, but it sounds like he's ready to get this going again, uh, potentially in yeah. June or July. Yeah.
1: I think it's like John where he spent so much time on the shelf. He's ready to be active now that he's finally healthy on his own accord. But he wants to be active. He wants to be that guy that goes out there and defends the belt. I guess we just have to hope that he can
0: be healthy after some of these fights. You, I mean, you have to give the guy credit that he, you know, he goes through wars. It's hilarious to me, though, as well, when we get frustrated that a fighter continuously gets in. You know, oh, this guy gets injury prone. I mean, he gets hurt all the time. I mean, think about what they're doing. <laughs> they're fighting. Yeah. You're going out there trying to hurt your opponent. I mean, you're trying to make it so that either he taps out, passes out, or gets completely knocked out. You're hurting their body so that they quit. Uh, and and to imagine that people come out of fights unscathed should be more of a, a shock, I think, than people coming out injured. Now, obviously, the severity of Robert Whitaker's injuries – I think are frustrating for a lot of people because you want to see the guy fight he puts on phenomenal performances um but uh you know the injuries as well that he gets he's had um are sometimes within the fight i mean you look at the yo romero fights he breaks his hand uh and And then has the knee injury in the first fight um but then he's also had a couple of times where he was kept out of the octagon before ever stepping out there so uh, it's, it's just difficult when it comes to Rob Wittiger again, cause he's so exciting. He's the champion. You think about how long he's been kind of thought of as the champion, given he had the interim belt while Michael Bisping was there. Uh, they never actually fought and unified that belt, but once it was relinquished by GSP, uh, you know, he yeah, became the official GSP. champion um so it, missed weight yeah it's it's you know Joel romero wist, missed weight on one of the times they were supposed to fight for the belt so because of that it wasn't an official defense for whitaker if he wins he keeps his belt if yoel wins he doesn't win because he was 187.2 pounds mm-hmm. um so you know given all of that you hope that there's nothing that gets in the way you hope that this fight can happen in Australia, given where the two men are from. It seems like it's it's only uh, it feels like it's the right destination to have this fight. And again, fingers crossed that we get it. But at least we know that these should be the top two guys facing off against each other, and we'll get to unify an interim belt and a a uh, unanimous or excuse me, an uh, undisputed undisputed belt, um, which is one of our bigger. Complaints that we have these interim belts and that sometimes they have not been um, unified and at least hopefully from this from the two fights we had at UFC 236 hopefully we're getting direct unification fights after them. Yep. So we talked about one. The next one that we're hoping happens now granted there's a lot of stuff going on in the 55 pound division. Um, along with the fights coming up this weekend on may 4th uh, a couple of guys who are soon to hope that at least the winner of that fight is going to be right there in the mix for the next number one contender right there at 55 pounds but we had dustin dustin poirier and max holloway as the main event that night um man i i i, I wanted i we go back to ufc 233 when we were supposed to have max holloway versus habib Nurmagomedov. It was difficult for me to be more excited for something than I was for that event. It didn't happen. We knew we were going to at least some point soon get to see Max Holloway fight at 55 you didn't necessarily want it to be where you know you get all of these champion versus champion fights but it didn't necessarily you didn't want it to be immediately for a belt there's all of these contenders at 55 you can give max one of them it's a good opportunity to see how he does at 55 how he looks Physically at that weight even though it appears like everyone's saying he's such a big 45 er I mean he's 5 foot 11. He's been he's gotten so much thicker than what he was earlier in his career um, his, after his last performance against Brian Ortega Dana White is saying over and over again after the fact Well, I you know, I, I think we're done with max at 45. I need to see him at 55 I think it's time we see him at 55. You thought that maybe there was some weight issues given that the medical concerns of Holloway leading up to the previous setups of the year before the Ortega fight. So all these things pointing to, we had to see him eventually at 55. This was a our, our, our phenomenal opportunity against a big-time contender. It's also proof for Poirier at mm-hmm. this point when you when you get this opportunity to see where he really ranks. I mean, you've seen him with a lot of highs, a couple of lows mixed in at maybe some difficult times that would have put him in better position to get to a belt maybe sooner. He's one of those guys that's been around uh, for a long time, and maybe some people are disappointed he hasn't fought for a belt before. So this is a perfect storm between these two to get it. Yes, obviously, Tony Ferguson, you'd like to be involved, but given what's going on uh, in his personal life, this was the perfect meeting for these two guys. And when it happened,
1: what did you think? I, th- I thought that Dustin looked about 15 pounds heavier. That's than what it felt immediately, right? Yeah, and you could tell right away because every time Dustin hit him clean, it was snapping Max's head back. It was way harder or on, on the no shots. Mark, or, yeah, you could hear him. He was, uh, the power difference was was ample right away. It was real noticeable, um, and I don't think Max looked that big, like compared to his one forty five. Like I didn't see a big difference in size. Max looked
0: the exact same. That was one thing. It was funny. They tweeted it out. You know, they they sh- on the way in the morning of every Friday morning when we have a big fight coming up. Uh, I am all over Twitter. I want to make sure everyone made weight. I want to make sure that the event the next day is going to happen. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I immediately checked to see uh, that everyone was good. Obviously, I wasn't worried about Max making weight. It's a weight class 10 pounds higher. But they wanted to, I wanted to see what he looked like come weigh-in day. Did he look thicker? Did he look bigger? He looked a little less cut, but he did less, not look. A little less swollen. But he didn't look bigger.
1: No, not at all.
0: Where you look at some guys who, you know, don't cut weight.
1: It's like when Connor used to cut down to 145. You could just see the dehydration. He looks like a
0: completely different person. It's not even close. Whereas Max looked the same. So then it was like, okay, maybe Max will be really comfortable. Or he might look small. I think both is fair. I think Max looked small. But there was, there was advantages to being the size that he was in this fight against Dustin Poirier. You look at, you talk about the power of Poirier. Um, that was very evident. You mentioned from the first round that the extra power, the oomph that was on those shots, uh, especially early, was, was evident. It was right there in front of you. As the fight went along... Max looked like he could keep going. Max looked like he was there for rounds three, four, and five. Yeah. Poirier looked like he was kind of holding on to what he did early in the fight. Now, certainly, he still had his moments later in the fight. It wasn't one-sided at the end, because uh, when it all but was every- said and done, Dustin Poirier was the winner of this fight. Um, a lot of the damage being done in that first round, but Max Holloway looked good as it went along. You know that that same
1: gas tank was there. Yeah, definitely, and he always. He's like the best third-round third round fighter, and best championship fighter. Both I finishes
0: think. against Jose Aldo in that third round.
1: Yeah, and uh, he always gets better as the fight goes on. And I think he did, but every time Dustin would hit him with something, he hit him clean, and you could just tell the power difference was was there. That was certainly the most notable difference. Yeah. That was without a doubt. One of those rounds Max was winning, he was laying a lot of combos, and then they were thrown against the fence, and Dustin hit him a couple of times, and then Dustin hit him with that knee that busted his eye open just everything Dustin landed was just harder and you could just see the the shots on Max more than you could see the shots on Poirier
0: so when you look at it from that perspective and you look at it after the fact what do you think makes sense for Max Holloway should he continue to try to fight others at 55 do you think he still beats a lot of the other contenders at 55, when we're talk, just talking about anyone at 55, we're talking about the Tony Ferguson's. Then, you know. I think it
1: depends on what happens at 45 because you have some, some big fights coming up. You have Jose Aldo versus uh, Volkanovski where you can make a case where if either guy finishes said guy, they could get a shot at the 145 belt. And I don't see Max vacating that anytime soon. I think he wants to defend that belt. If he stays at 55, he's probably looking at a guy like Justin Gaethje or – <laughs> possibly the win, possibly the winner of Ally Quinn and Donald Cerrone, this if they wanted to keep him at one fifty five. But I, th- I think he goes down to one forty five and gets uh, another title defense against the winner of Volkanovski and Aldo. Because why not give Aldo that third shot if he really wants to retire this year?
0: And Dana, Dana was quick to retreat on everything he said about Max going to fifty five. As soon as that fight was over, yeah, he Dana, was saying, Dana's like. Yep. He needs to stay at forty five. He looks way better at forty five, looks more comfortable at forty five. He looks, you know, the right size back at forty five. That's where he belongs, blah, blah, blah. So I mean, surprise, surprise, Dana is all over the yeah. place with what he thinks and, and obviously maybe maybe you just have to see it. Maybe you just have to go you know, watch Max at fifty five. I can certainly tell you I was surprised to not see him look a little bigger. But i think it was what it was I, I still loved the performance he was still right there in it against a top contender a guy who's going to now compete for the belt um so that does still say a lot about where max is at his 13 fight winning streak in the ufc is now over um but i mean it couldn't go out to a guy you know more ready for a title a than, guy who's, yeah. who's who's been right there at 55 now for a while Uh, You know, a a former 45-er when they fought for the first time. Yeah. And now he's kind of been at 55 and, and, you know, maybe gotten a little bigger in that time period as well, gotten more comfortable at that weight class. And, and, you know, it was was not the easiest spot for either one of them to step into. And even though we both picked Max Holloway, I think I'm not surprised with the result we got.
1: Yeah. I think if Max does get another fight at 55 before he goes back down to 45, he's got to get bigger. He's got to add on more. More muscle. I mean, he's never been a guy where power was his primary Yeah, no, but I think he's got to get bigger because he just looks so small compared to Dustin Poirier. Exactly.
0: At 55, there's going to be guys who have more power, and you're going to have to counter that at some point. There's
1: bigger guys than Poirier at 55. Yeah.
0: Poirier's not even the biggest one. And you look at the champion, and there's a lot of people that say Habib should be fighting at 70. Uh, and he's had his own issues when it comes to Gain making weight and yeah. making sure he can remain at 55. And that he, we've only seen him now uh, in his fight against Iaquinta and, and then his fight to uh, officially uh, bring in the belt against Connor, where he made 55 on the dot um, yep. where he's had to. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes as well. But, uh, again, it just lets you know about some of the other contenders that are right there at 55. But the guy who won this fight, Dustin Poirier, gets, gets, that gets next shot, a shot at Habib Nurmagomedov. Yep. First and foremost, what do you give Dustin's
1: chances in a fight like that? I think he's got good counter wrestling. I th- he's really dangerous off his back. He has wins by triangles and darces and all that. But I, He's strong. I, he is very strong. But he's not. Oh man, just I just I just <laughs> he's think not Khabib, Habib grappling. Scrum. I just think Habib. Yeah, I think he just mauls everybody, man. Until we see him fight Tony. I would like to see what they look like standing next to each other, just to look at the
0: physical differences and just. Not that it matters. Again, Habib. Often, when you look at him, doesn't look overly imposing. He I doesn't think it's in that cage, right? And just and it's and and that's what wrestling is. Wrestling is about knowing how to use your weight.
1: Uh, against someone else, I mean, in a lot of judo and a lot of those yeah. different um, practices are very similar. I do, in that think respect, dus- I do think Dustin has better boxing than Al Aquina, and then I think he hit also hits harder than Al. And how Al- and Al hit could be a little bit when it could be want- decided to box with them, but I don't think but Habib's gonna box. with He him even with said Poirier. after that fight that he's
0: not gonna fight most people the way he fought like that. He, yeah. he felt comfortable and he felt like trying a couple of things in a fight that he felt like I'm well in command here.
1: Yeah and i i just don't see anybody beating khabib right now
0: it's tough to see i mean every time someone wins a big fight you have to at least look at it and think about it i mean you know you have justin gaethje out there saying that he doesn't feel that he would get overly dominated when it comes to the wrestling now granted anyone we've seen (laughs) flake Khabib gets overly dominated when it comes to the wrestling uh you know it's to the point where it's almost like are these guys competing in the same sport um you know he ragdolls his opponents now i don't know if i see him being able to completely physically ragdoll dustin poirier but i still don't feel like there'll be too much poirier can do about preventing being on the bottom and trying to just prevent the ground to pound. Yeah,
1: you can usually tell when Khabib fights after that first round. You can usually tell what's going to happen the rest of the fight just based on <laughs> the body language of the fighter that he's fighting.
0: Now, as well, how does Habib go into his next fight? You look at all of the anguish that went through the the mental roller coaster he went on fighting conor mcgregor he's right. someone that said he does not allow the trash talk to affect him he doesn't you know he doesn't get into the back and forth you know when you're it watching did. when you're watching the press conferences and you're looking at it you're looking at he looks calm he looked like he's like you know whatever let, he, let, let's let conor be crazy he'll look even more crazy the less i speak so just let him make himself look like a fool right that's how it looked yeah. it definitely motivates him the second that fight was over you knew that that got to Khabib. There's no yeah. there's no pretending like that didn't get to him, no matter how much he made it seem like it leading up. But during that fight, in that second round, there was multiple instances where he was like, yeah, again, the extra oomph is on those punches. Yeah. You watched him uh, after the, the neck crank when Herb Dean pulled him off. And he had he to be physically yeah, pulled he off. Stop, he yeah. didn't let go. Uh, he was angry he had he had a lot more to say uh he he always says a lot uh, in between rounds and he was certainly just as vocal as he's always been um and you go through all of that. You get punished for what he did after the fact. He left the Octagon and went after Dylan Dennis. I uh, got a nine month suspension that he's going to say, I'm going out for a year because my teammates were punished for a year, and I will, you know, as, as a level of solidarity along with them, you know, that's what he wants. You go through all of this emotional event. Can Habib go into the next fight with Dustin Poirier, where they're both going to be polite with each other leading up? I would imagine. Yeah, I don't. Am- I think Dustin, Dustin Poirier's a pretty polite, pretty nice guy. Pretty respectful. So if that's the case, what Habib do we get? Does he does not that he's ever needed that level of motivation? But you look at the fights leading up. You really go back to the Michael Johnson fight, and you look at all of his fights since. That's really where we saw him talking. A lot more before, after, and during fights where he's saying, I want my title shot. It was all about getting his title shot. I don't care about Connor. If Connor's got the belt, then I want Connor. But otherwise, I want the belt. That's all I want. He got Connor. He got the belt. Now what? Now Dustin. I mean, but do you, oh, I, do you, you, you see like Habib go in there and, and fight him the way we've
1: seen him in recent memory without the same level of drive or anger? Uh, I think it'll be just a lot like when he fought Edson Barboza. Not a whole lot of talking. They're going to go in there, close the gauge, and figure it out.
0: And, and I mean, I guess we're both anticipating he,
1: you know, again, I I can't even physically
0: picture someone dominating Habib. The way I see him losing is him getting
1: caught. Yeah. Now, this is a guy, certainly, who can catch him. Definitely has the power. And, now, the, and the boxing skills to do it. But... um. I
0: mean, when, when they have their first engage, right, when they first get to each other and they clinch up a bit, do you think is, you know, goes with a trip and is able to get him down, or do you think he can physically lift and throw down Dustin Poirier the same way he, we've seen him?
1: I think he's going to do whatever he wants to <laughs> do. <laughs> if that trip's open, he'll take that trip. If Poirier, he, that slam's open, he'll I don't get know that how slam. Much, I don't
0: know how much I'm just – That
1: double leg's there, he'll get that double leg.
0: I don't know how much of it is just – picturing what i saw with him against max holloway and the the physical difference it looked like there um now granted holloway again is a 45er but he's a guy who's five eleven, and and has looked bigger than he looked in that fight now granted again that has to do with your opponent and the size of what that guy looks like um but it's just it's hard for me to picture poirier looking like, he can be physically dominated in that same respect. But, again, we're talking about Habib Nurmagomedov and his yeah. wrestling uh, acumen. So, I mean, I, again, it's another one I can't wait to see. But it looks like we're both leaning the same direction. This is just another notch in the belt for Habib.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say Habib by – I don't know if he fin- – I don't think he finishes Dustin. I think he goes to decision. Just a five-round kind of similar to I Al, but maybe a little maybe more Destin shots. Maybe get, get a round or two, but it's a big if against Khabib. So those are the fights we're hoping to get.
0: We need to get our unification for those two divisions. Um, Hopefully nothing gets in the way of that. Certainly we've had other things happen in the past where things got in the way of what was supposed to happen. Um, But we'll have to wait and see. But at the very least, we got exactly... Everyone got their money's worth when it came to UFC 236. Um, There's been some fun fights in between before we get to our next Mm pay-per-view. For now, uh, we had a little fight... In Russia on April twentieth, uh, it was early in the morning. So if you weren't up, well, you were up at what eight o'clock 8 watching o'clock. fights. Yeah. Uh, I think I got over and and started watching by like nine thirty ish, and 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 you know we got a great morning of of fights out in Russia. And it's funny because you know whether they stack a card with a bunch of names that people know or not, you never know what you're gonna get when it comes to the actual performance on the card. I saw all kinds of nonsense from whatever you want to call MMA fans. (laughs) It felt like, you know, you know, they don't see a name that they recognize. And, you know, people are like, oh, pass. I'm not watching this. I'm not before I could even get to your house. I think you sent me three or four messages saying, like, we got another knockout, another finish. We got three knockdowns in 90 seconds, like everything you want you're getting and it just people need to realize just turn on a night of fights yeah who cares if you know don't do any research don't look into any of the fighters literally just turn one on and just allow them to impress you for yeah, what they are you Don't. Know,
1: you never know what you're gonna see
0: don't go in with any preconceived notion on what to expect from one fighter or the other you never know what you're gonna get and that you know we'll get into that as well when it comes to fighters mentality uh and what kind of you know what can be taken out of you within these fights i mean Take your chances. Turn one of these things on. This was another great card in Russia. We'll stick to the main event. Uh, we got a Linux versus Overeem. Mm-hmm. Overeem. <laughs> it's always interesting when it comes to this guy on on what to expect. Given that so there's sometimes where his you know he flashes of pride, Overeem, whether it be at 205 or heavyweight, whether it be Overeem uh, on you know all of the supplements or not, he still has that phenomenal striking ability and those clenched knees it's devastating when you look at it from the heavyweight perspective a guy who's as large as he is granted he's not ubering anymore he's about 20 pounds lighter than that guy was but he's it's just seeing a guy move the way he does when you look at how stagnant some of these heavyweights can look because they're so thick and they just they're slow and they're trying to maintain you know they don't want to Exert all of their energy in the first round. If by some chance it gets to further rounds, now a lot of big time heavyweight fights don't tend to. This one didn't. Um, but the way Overeem can move, even still in his later years, uh, he's always had that ability. And when he can do that, it just feels like it's disappointing. In a lot of ways that he hasn't been able to get that UFC heavyweight title, he's had his opportunity against Stepen Miocic. He thought he had a guillotine in that fight. He got knocked out in that fight. Um, you know, he's been close, but he's won literally everything else. So you see this guy, and you think of what that could have meant if he did win that fight against Stepen. What that would mean for where he is on the all-time ranks of the heavyweight fighters. Yeah, uh, and he still puts out performances like he did against Linux. hmm I mean, it, it's tough to you know try to gauge where. You think of overing and what you're going to get each time, but that was not vintage. But that was a pretty damn good overing we just saw.
1: It was pretty damn close to vintage. Uh, yeah, he looked great. Uh, Lenek had him had him hurt. It seemed like in the first minute of it, but he covered up well, returned shots. And as soon as he got in that clinch, he just kept finding homes for those knees to the body, to the head. Until eventually, Olenek uh, well, yeah, couldn't take it anymore, and they stopped it before the round was over.
0: And it always feels like, and this was in Russia, so I mean, Olenek was the, yeah. you know, the
1: the the I mean, fan this favorite. Is, this is two in a row for Overeem, two wins by a first round knockout after losing two in a row by knockout to uh, Francis and uh, and Curtis, Curtis Blades. Blades,
0: and you know those were vicious. Yeah, it, those it, were. it's you know you don't you don't have to go into detail about. Um, you know, we've talked about those before, obviously, when it comes to Overeem, because they were just so extreme, especially you, you go back to the Francis and one. A, and he's a guy that's
1: been knocked out. A yeah, lot, a lot,
0: too. a lot of times. I think, you know, previously on the show, Tony and I have really gone back and detailed a lot of the more vicious ones and a lot of... Uh, what has really been taken out of this man over over time, and he's always been that calm. You know, hey, we lost this one. We're gonna go back, and he's never even really f- second thought doing anything else. This is a man who's done this. This is who he is. I think he's fought professionally more years than he's not fought professionally in his life. Yeah, I mean, it's that's incredible. It's for how long he's been doing it, and he's still putting up great performances. Do you do you think he can find his way? back to a title shot before he, he retires and gets gets one more look at a UFC belt and can complete the heavyweight championship circuit however you want to look at it um, i mean you could you your fighter he just to beat a run, Oli, he just beat he just beat
1: Oleinik, who who is ranked i think 6th or 7th if he gets another win over like a top 5 guy he could most certainly he will certainly get a shot, but it depends on so what. We don't know who there. the
0: champion's going to be right. in a year. It,
1: we don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to do uh, uh, DC and Brock Lesnar? Are they going to do DC and Stipe? Because that all depends on what Stipe does. Because if Brock Lesnar doesn't get the title shot, there's only one guy who should get the title shot. and that's Stipe. Stipe.
0: And Stipe hasn't fought since he lost the belt um, back at UFC 230. So yeah, you know,
1: but let, like, let's say uh, let's well say before ju- 230, sorry, let's say Junior beats Francis, and then. They should do Francis and uh, Overeem because Overeem owned that, <sighs> owns that KO win over him a couple of mean, years back. I if, mean,
0: if Overeem can go and beat Francis and find a way to finish Francis, I'm not I'm saying, saying... about JDS. I'm talking about Overeem if Francis beats yeah, JDS. Uh, so if we get that rematch that oh, you're okay. saying, if we get Overeem versus
1: Francis again... I was saying we get Overeem and JDS.
0: So JDS is fighting...
1: He's set to fight soon, is he He's set to fight Francis. He's set to fight Francis, right. Yeah. So you're saying if... I'm if, saying if Overeem fights the winner of that fight... And I'm PS, saying GDS if... Because we were talking... Because I remember we
0: talked not too long... I mean, it was a few months ago. But we were saying, you know, you, you never wanted to see Overeem versus Francis again. Right. But they could find themselves right there again. And I'm saying if Overeem can get that, I think that's the one, maybe, that puts yeah. him back at that potential shot at whoever the champion might I mean, be. Anyway, anybody there's only time.
1: like a solid two or three fight win streak away from a title shot
0: and especially if you're he's already right there in that top 5 so yeah you know we'll see what happens next for overing but still a, a nice performance to see that he's still around Linux, i mean He's been impressive as well when it co- his submission numbers are astronomical. Yeah. Absolutely astronomical. He's got like 70 professional f- fights. Plus submission it's wins. Like 48
1: submission wins. I, I think. it's so,
0: you know, and, and I think the the way that fight started, he tried to pull him into guard I think the yeah. second it started. So you look at how dangerous he is at all times. Yeah, everybody knows. Yeah, and you know it. it he Twice pulled off – this is the guy, if you aren't aware, twice pulled off an Ezekiel choke while being mounted. Yeah, um, and the second time he
1: started standing. And just, fell <laughs> just fell
0: back. Yeah. Just falls into position, like, come on down with me. Let's get this over with. Uh, and he tried to do it against Overeem. Overeem gets the finish, so congratulations to him. We'll see how that all shakes out. This last weekend, April 27th on Saturday, UFC Fort Lauderdale, we got what was supposed to be Jacare versus – Yoel Romero, although originally it it's was supposed to be Paulo Costa Paolo. versus Joel Romero, uh, Paulo Costa, who now has been suspended, I believe, for six months. It's due already to a, over, though. Okay, so it's yeah, back it in, retroactive back gotcha. to August. So that was back from a stomach medication, but w- you know we weren't un- exactly sure what was going to happen with Paulo Costa. Joel uh, Romero was making claims that he had failed tests, and again, I believe this is what he was talking about. Yeah. Um Romero then was at least supposed to we're going to get a rematch with Jacare. We yep. got this fight before. And then UEL got pneumonia. And then wells out of the fight himself. So now Jacare finds himself fighting Jack Hermanson. Mm-hmm. Now dangerous man himself Hermanson. This was all of a sudden a dangerous fight for Jacare where he thought, "Okay, yeah, I'm putting myself in danger against a guy like Uwell, but it's a guy who's ranked ahead of me and you know, it's worth the risk." This you know, you do what you got to do. Someone else takes the main event the way you kind of swung in and took the main event uh, when someone else went down.
1: But now, all of a sudden, this fight isn't really worth it. To Jacare and Hermanson <laughs> got it done. Yeah, well, Jacare said the UFC promised him a title shot if he got the win against Hermanson, so I think that's why Jacare did it. I mean, and it'd then, be it'd be difficult for Jacare at that point to just be like, "I guess I'm not fighting." Yeah, but this puts Jacare at like the back of the pecking order now, which is unfortunate. And he said he's not retiring. Yeah, he said he's not retiring, which I'm glad he's not. So I really do want to see him get a title shot before he retires, and he could, very well, because the middleweight is so all over the place with Weidman and Rockhold possibly going to 205, and then you have UL and then Paulo, and then it looked
0: tough for Jacare there until he got the finish. Against Chris Weidman. Mm-hmm. And that was a fight he was losing until he got that finish. Uh, and then it's like, okay, yeah, Jacare's still right there in that Maybe mix. now you do Jacare
1: and Kelvin again. Okay. Because that was a really close split decision. I wouldn't hate that, and I think that would be helpful to Jacare I think as well. You could do a five-round. Yeah, absolutely. That could be a main because event. Because you could have argued that first fight could have used five rounds because it was super close.
0: And we've seen Jacare. It's been interesting because, again, you look at the first time he fought Yoel Romero, which I would have loved to see that second fight between those two. Anytime Yoel Romero's involved, I'm going to be excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at the first time Yoel fought against Jacare, Yoel was strong in that first round. And yeah. as it went along, Jacare looked fist. better. Yeah. Jacare looked I still think Jacare fine. won that fight. I think it's very fair to make that point. And I think if you look at Jacare in those situations, you give him more five round fights, maybe he's coming out the victor in some of these ones he's lost. Yeah. Or maybe um, he comes
1: out like this one. Where oh, he gets outpaced.
0: Very true. And again, this was a, a younger, hungry Jack Hermanson uh, who took full advantage of getting this opportunity
1: yeah it went and struck with him He he's the first guy to ever take jacaray down three times in a mixed martial arts fight
0: now again Jacare is i think 37 38 now right but i mean um, you can even do that when you're 37 right no <laughs> so, exactly uh, but the strength and you look at jacaray he doesn't look like he's that old i mean he just still looks very physically imposing you know yeah. how good his jiu-jitsu is um so you know he's still in the mix he says he's not retiring he signed i think like three four fights ago he signed like an eight fight deal with the ufc so he's still got some left on the contract so that's good as well hopefully he can get himself at least still back in that mix because he still proves that he's still very dangerous yeah um the co-main event on this fight uh, on this card oh this small guy of greg hardy we've talked about this before greg hardy I have no problem with Greg Hardy fighting in the UFC. I have no problem with Greg Hardy getting a second chance opportunity at life and at a career and at something he can be profitable in. I don't think that someone should be punished for the rest of their lives for something they did uh, as long as the justice system, what have you, proves that they get said second chance. Right. Stop giving this guy co-main events. He hasn't put himself in position to get there yet. Did people have been, I think, overly disappointed at both of his events now that he's been yeah. in. If
1: anything, have him headline like the prelims.
0: There's n- Exactly. I think that's the perfect spot for him. Yeah. Have him headline the prelims. If you want more people watching that and you feel that he yeah. gets put the eyes on it, allow him to do that.
1: There was other people on this car that have you watch this car. Mike Perry and Kelly Oliver could have been the Kilmain. Lineker and Sanhagen could have been the Absolutely.
0: Uh, Mike Perry, especially given how Clover much of that crowd, uh, uh, the crowd was well behind Mike Perry. They yeah. were chanting his name throughout it. He fights. He's from Florida. Uh, well, he's from Flint, Michigan, but he he spent a lot of his life in Florida. He says that he grew up and became a fighter uh, in his time in Florida. Uh, and and the crowd was clearly behind him. I think that's the perfect scenario for a co-main event. And yeah. that fight ended up proving to be and the fight
1: cr- of the night. And the crowd was not behind Greg Hardy.
0: No, <laughs> there didn't seem any real no. point to put him in that spot. Uh, he did play professionally for. Um, Carolina. The carolina panthers so not too far away from florida um but uh, that's where he he he's been out, i think the ATT. majority of his career uh, but he does yeah he trains in florida but again he doesn't
1: the fan base of the ufc is not really behind greg hardy um and did you see he made uh, almost twice as much as jack hermanson yeah
0: yeah i i, I try not to pay too much attention to the to the numbers because they're, they're generally, they're generally
1: upsetting um
0: in general i mean I, when i see someone when i see a fighter and they say oh man when you see the headline it says like this guy got paid and you see the numbers certainly they're nice numbers right but it's but like based
1: on what they're doing but it's like when sage northcote was 19 making 40 and 40 right, right while people are right. still making 30 and 30 and they've right. been in the ufc for at least 10 and fights. you look at some of the numbers of
0: some of the bellator guys bellator should not be you know boasting so much about guys making more money there's certain guys that do but there's still plenty of guys that don't
1: right but i mean uh mm-hmm. see i get where you're coming from but rory made i think two, yeah. 200 for the, yeah, fish, the top guys certainly. but rory only made 60 when he fought robbie lawler but for the second time that's even another one of the numbers i'm talking about as well though yeah when you look at the two
0: hundred thousand for rory you say yeah that's a nice number yeah but when you look at what they're doing and what we're we're expecting rory to fight again in six weeks I mean you know he's not he wasn't you know
1: given that this term is for a million dollar prize absolutely as well and that helps as well
0: uh and and they have their sponsorships and they have their other ways of making money as well but i still i, I see what they put themselves through and you, you talk about how much they're you know boast about getting these guys money and they got these big paydays there's a lot of other people they have to pay for their training camps uh and, and everything else and, and managers and all these other people to maintain and they get a portion and it's great and Things are getting better, certainly for the UFC, Bellator, one championship, mm-hmm. all of these other options that we now have, uh, and I'm happy to see more guys are getting paid more. I still am, I guess, disappointed when I look at some of the numbers for these guys, given what they're putting themselves through to get to this situation. But not the point I wanted to get too far on. But uh, when it comes to Greg Hardy, he got himself another co-main event. I don't agree that he, you know, should have been in that position and should have um, gotten to have that level of spotlight yet again um, within the UFC, but he got it, and yet Dana White not too pleased with his opponent. Um, you know, we <laughs> I was certainly wondering while watching this fight what his game plan was. I wasn't sure if he was trying to... Save his energy to to not you know lose it all early like the way Greg Hardy tends to fight as well. Although he was much more reserved and looked more like a fighter, but I feel like he was given that opportunity because it didn't appear that Dimitri ever really turned anything on and had much of an offense. He really looked like at he all. didn't want to be there. I I don't know what else to say when it comes no, to that. I don't that. like to
1: say that about fighters, but he really looked like he didn't. Do you think he was there? afraid,
0: or is there anything to what people want to hint at? And that it looked like the UFC is just kind of feeding him whatever to keep him relevant.
1: Uh, well, from his Dana performance, wasn't happy from about from it. his performance. It looked like the UFC is just kind of feeding him. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. He looked, he did look scared. <laughs> he looked like he didn't want to be there. Sure, I, mean, I hate saying that, but Greg Hardy. I mean, at the very least, Greg Hardy hit can, him. can be a very terrifying person. Yeah.
0: Let's not pretend like um, there's no reason yeah. why you wouldn't want to get in. I'm not, not acting like he didn't him, get hit but.
1: by a 6'5", 265-pound man. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it's still, it looked like he was never really wanting to engage. Um, yeah. And it looked like, again, it looked like the UFC was feeding him someone that was not told to take a dive, but that had no real interest in attacking Greg Hardy. Um, so whatever it was, that was our co-main event. And... It happened. It, ha- it happened, and we can move on. Greg Hardy won, and that was that. Um, but, like we mentioned previously, there was a fight of the night, Mike Perry versus Cali Oliveira. Cowboy Oliveira. Um, this almost, at one point, when you look at it, looked like a difficult one for, for Mike Perry to jump back into. You know, He made all of these claims with his time with Jackson Wink that he was going to be a more evolved fighter. Uh, he was going to be a smarter fighter. Yet the second after he lost to, um, to Cowboy Cerrone, you hear people in his camp in the back saying, man, I wish we trained more or I should have showed you more about his jiu-jitsu. So it's like there was still – you feel like there's still gaps there where Mike Perry has the physical capabilities but not all of the game plan is tends to be there for him. Um, well, he's not, it felt like it was there in this fight against Cowboy.
1: Yeah, and he's not just – refer uh, uh, going back to that like berserker kind of guy he was when he first joined the UFC where he's not just – Putting his head down and throwing fucking Biting bombs. on the mouthpiece yeah. and sparring. Yeah. He <laughs> looked much better. Like, this is probably his best performance since he fought Paul Felder. He looked brilliant against Paul Felder. Yeah. And he looked he looked phenomenal here against Cowboy. And he definitely went through some adversity to get it because Cowboy, even though he doesn't look like the biggest dude, he hits like a truck.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, Cowboy looked very comfortable. Um, he's always comfortable in yeah the, in he looked there. very loose and relaxed but so did so did perry i mean that's part of his personality as well i mean <laughs> they showed the camera go back to mike perry a couple times and obviously there's other people when they're having a the dance
1: battle before he, he was, walked he's in the cage. dancing yeah. to
0: cowboy Oliveira's music uh and they were kind of having their thing back and forth and it just felt light and loose and these guys were ready to trade once they got in there as well uh it was really cool to hear the crowd chanting for mike perry anytime it wasn't just because it was Perry, and I enjoy watching the guy. I find the guy to be entertaining. Anytime I see a fighter um, have the crowd that much on their side, um, you know whether it's in their country, their state, wherever they train, what have you, it's just always fun. I always love when that much of the crowd is all about one fighter. Um, and it, I wonder how much of that Perry can even hear in the moment. You know, if you can actually you know hear your name being chanted while you're trying to focus on what you are and how much that might affect you one way or the other. But I feel like he enjoyed it. He went out there, got the job done, won a decision. We don't see him win a ton of decisions. It's either he loses a decision, um, or he finishes, or he finishes someone, and he won a decision. And that's another impressive thing to see uh, for Mike Perry.
1: Yeah, I think that's when people, when Marsh, when these fighters have the better learning experience and kind of grow more is when they go these three hard rounds.
0: I'm not saying Mike Perry. I see fighting for a belt down the line. I don't know exactly what the the highest points will be for this guy, but it's nice to see him evolve a bit because he still can be an exciting guy, still a little crazy, um, but that certainly was a more complete performance out of Platinum Mike Perry. Um, But speaking of that type of mentality, that raw attitude, that that animalistic attitude, behavior that you can kind of bring to the octagon that is a unique thing now granted most guys are going to have something similar right i mean you're right. a fighter you have to have some of that in you. you it's it every once in a while yeah you have the traditional martial artists that are more like maybe a stephen wonderboy thompson or maybe like Lyoto Machida, where you have the traditional martial artist that says they want to go in there and not necessarily hurt their opponent, but they want to get the job done. It's like, it's like a sporting event more to them than it is hurting the other person on the other side. But Mike Perry has always been that animalistic type of guy It looks like he's going to, you know, he always says Bite someone's going to bleed, someone yeah. might die. Yeah. He makes all those kind of crazy quotes. There's a the guy who fought that same night who's my favorite fighter because he's had that same level of mentality pretty much in the entire time we've seen him kind of grow up over the last six, seven years, and beyond that, really, inside the octagon. That's Rory McDonald. Yeah. Rory fought uh, at the Bellator event that's, again, part of the, the Grand Welterweight Prix. Grand Prix that we've been discussing. What's more unique about Rory's involvement in this Welterweight Grand Prix, he's already the champion. Yeah. So <laughs> Rory has the belt, which means every fight he competes in within this Welterweight tournament, the belt is on the line. So uh, John Fitch, who's I'm imagining the lowest ranked guy in the welterweight Grand Prix, given that he's fighting the champion first, has a chance to win the belt in his first fight in the Grand Prix. That's crazy. Um, Still got it done. Uh, it was a
1: draw, majority draw.
0: So that makes things complicated. But again, Rory having the belt already, he didn't lose, so he moves on. Um, you got the traditional fight you anticipated from John Fitch, uh, where he you know
1: he holds you down when he gets you. Yep, he does he does some ground not pound a ton. He doesn't he doesn't attack for submissions or
0: not really. So I mean, again, you know I I am not gonna sit here and say John Fitch is boring because it it still leaves you with. How do you stop that guy from doing what he wants to do to you? Um, if, if John Fitch wants to take you down and hold you there, you need to be able to have something in your abilities and game plan to prevent that from happening. Uh, so if John Fitch beats you from doing that, I don't have sympathy for you. And like, you know, But all he did was lay and pray. He held you there, and you couldn't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like when so, Paul
1: Daly was complaining and he was <laughs> yes, getting taken down. And-
0: it is what it is, and you just have to accept that. So that did happen in the latter parts of this fight. Rory McDonald was more successful early on. Certainly, whenever it was standing, Rory got um, the better shots in, the crisper shots, and he still looked like himself in a lot of spots. But when the fight was over, we got some interesting words from Rory. Uh, you know, Again, it was a majority draw. He gets his belt, so he is the technical victor. Some of the things we heard from him. First of all, we saw the fights. When you look back at his UFC career, and you yeah. look at you know the the fights with um, Carlos Lawler Condit. and Carlos Condon. and it it's it's unbelievable what the wars Rory put himself through to the point where you know people are calling him the Canadian psycho. His, it's also his his deadpan responses all the time. It doesn't seem like there's much going on when it comes to uh, his facial expressions. Uh, it, it makes him seem like more like this psychotic uh animalistic type fighter that's like a real fighter um and you know it's funny because on top of that he's always been a man of faith he's always been a man that has brought you know religion and and mentioned that he is um a a christian and and follows the word of god and all of these things and you know maybe you would imagine that being a cage fighter and being a, uh, a a man of faith are a bit conflicting and it feels like those are kind of coming to a head at this point in time rory has started a family he's got a he's got a, a kid now and he's got another one on the way he's he's more he's he's mentioned his um religion more frequently um and after this fight well before this even fight you know he made claims when he first went to Bellator that he was going to take people's health that you know he wasn't just going to beat you he was going to make you reconsider fighting now it feels like Rory's reconsidering fighting this fight came out you know you, you didn't get the exact performance you expected we just came off of his last loss where he said he didn't have the same drive after Gegard Musasi just beat it out of him uh, he you know Rory had no fight back for what Gegard had for him. He looked like not just the physically smaller man, but like he didn't have anything mentally in his head to like where I should even go next for how Gegard held him down. Um, so it feels like you, know, you had his response after that fight where he's like, yeah, my motivation was kind of off from that one. And then this one, he's making it seem like, yeah, my motivation's off again. It's hard to, exp- I mean, it, it's, if you lose that other side of you, is it possible
1: to get that back? Because it, it seems like that man's gone. It seems, I think it's possible to get that back. I think Robbie Lawler went through that earlier in his career where he didn't, where he was you know, hailed as this prodigy, that he was the next big thing, and then he had a rough spot where he got knocked out a couple of times, a couple of hard losses, and he didn't have the same drive anymore. But he went back to his roots, and he got that drive back, and we all know what he did when he had his second run in the UFC. So I think it is possible to get that back. But and he's not 30 yet. I, he, think, I think he just turned just 30. Turned 30? Yeah. So,
0: I mean, he's right there. He's been fighting since he was 16, right. professionally. Right. So, uh, you know, you look at, again, just the, the list of names of people he's beat in the UFC. Uh, you go back and see the Nate Diaz names and mm-hmm. the PJ the Pens and Tyron Woodley, who, you know, was yeah, a dominant UFC champion. Yes. Zaffedine was the
1: force champion. So
0: you look at what Rory's already gone through, the, given how long he's fought. It's It's right to assume that he's just older in life and that maybe some things are different for him. It just felt like that type of personality that he had would be difficult to bring back in when you have these many other things going on in your life. Now let's, to be clear, let's play this a little bit and and hear exactly the words that Rory used. I uh, I I landed some good stuff in there, but I don't know something something is just it's hard to sometimes pull the trigger now. I guess I don't have that uh, that killer inside. I don't know. It's it's really hard to explain, but I I, uh, I hesitate a little bit now. I. Uh, I don't know what to say. It wasn't it wasn't my best my best performance. So he mentioned hesitating and that he didn't have the killer inside. Those are things that are are difficult for me to hear as someone who, you know, you talk we we talk all the time and and are aware of guys who are maybe one foot in one foot out that aren't really sure, um, you know, whether or they're at least aware of their own mortality within the sport, um, not necessarily the actual physical you know, dragons that come, but they think about, you know, their wife and their kids and what could potentially happen to them. Not that uh, you go back on the wars that he's already been in, you know, our one of our favorite fights of all time, the, the second fight against Robbie Lawler. If not the best fight of all time. It might be, without a doubt. And the, the physical footage of Rory trying to regain his senses after he's been knocked down and out, and, and that's very difficult to watch. And you feel yeah. like part of his life was taken away that day uh and to see him like this it just makes it it makes it difficult to believe um you know that he could find that back i'm not saying he can't um but it's just it's very honest to hear someone say these things and normally you don't hear someone bring that type of honesty especially right there in the octagon
1: yeah <sighs> it is so rare but it's not rare in roy's instance he's always that's been, fair he's always been speaking what's on his mind but now he's just doing it at a different place because he is a father and he said he has another child on the way. Yeah. So he's thinking about his kids as well and he wants to be around there for him and doesn't know if... So I feel like, you know, head trauma and CT is probably going to be in the back of every fighter set at one point has to in be their life. And I think that's more clear in Rory's eyes now where he, he wasn't really fighting for a purpose and now he has a purpose and it's the help feed his kids and everything. But
0: I already felt like Rory McDonald was a very unique individual for yeah. this sport and this just adds even more layers to it, right? Like you hear these things. I was almost I think I turned it off because I was, you know, I found uh, I was watching this this fight and you know, as it was once I saw it was a draw, I was just like I there was four different things i was trying to watch in the same night along with playoff hockey and playoff basketball and there was a ufc event and a bellator event so there was a lot to keep up with so you know while he was in the middle of the speech i turned it off but i heard the first part of it and i was like what was he just saying is he about to retire i just kind of put it it out of my mind for a second it felt like it right because he was like it felt like he was going through that thought process right then and there like I don't know what just happened in there. You're right. That's a good question, John
1: McCarthy. What was I thinking? What am I thinking? What am I doing? Right, but when you hear a guy talking about it, it's, it's hard to pull a trigger and he doesn't know if he's 100% in it or 100% that guy, you know, it is a little bit of cause of concern. Certainly. Because he could fight, you know, like an even Gracie who is 100% committed right. and 100% in this game. If you're, never, if you're ever not 100% like a du- in it, or like a Douglas Lima or MVP in the next round.
0: Yeah, he's got a welterweight. Uh, tournament here to, to take yeah. place in, and every he's got the belt, so, so every almost, time he's fighting someone, they're so, gonna come after him.
1: Yeah. So almost if he if he is not 100 percent in it, you know, is it really worth going through? It might not be, and that's that's yeah. You know, he doesn't this, have anything more to prove.
0: Absolutely not. I mean, again, he he already when it would have been nice to see him get maybe some of what he wanted in some of those discussions, but it's at the same time, uh, it's you know. Jager Musashi is one of the more underrated, I think, fighters that have been out for a long time where more people should be aware of just how skilled and uh, incredible that man is as well. Um, and and that was just kind of a perfect storm of, uh, of guys meeting at that spot. And maybe, you know, I anticipated more from Rory in that spot. Maybe the physical differences were a large part of that. But if some of this creeping into his head had a lot to do with his performance against Musasi as well, it makes it feel like he's only going to get himself more hurt
1: yeah and you don't want to see that absolutely not taking as much absolutely is on him
0: so we'll keep an eye on it for kind of felt like he had to do damage control the next day uh when he was talking to ariel hawani uh and had to be hey you know rory is just an honest guy but no he's still gonna fight his next fight rory came out and had to kind of amplify his thoughts on it as well but also mentioned i'm still fighting my next fight i know it's in six weeks i'll be there no concerns Everyone relax. It's just kind of part of the process I go through. Um, So, look, I hope all of that's true and that Rory is okay and that he's in the right headspace to keep going. But it's just a very unique thing to hear inside the Octagon from a guy we've seen do what Rory's done and is capable of. Correct. Um, But one more card to discuss, one coming up this Saturday. Let's talk about at least the top three fights on this one um, because they're pretty exciting. Um, as, again, we've got more guys that are jockeying for top-level position. The main event certainly has that between Cowboy and Rage and Al. But let's start with the featherweights on this card. Um, And we have Cub Swanson who's going to get back in the octagon facing Shane Burgos. Now, we've seen Cub, again, my general thought process when it comes to Cub is I don't like to take anything away from this man. He's clearly... One of the better featherweights. Uh, he's a guy you can respect for the way he goes All out there. All the way from WEC. Absolutely. And it had some incredible matchups that he's been around for a long time. But it also still feels like he's that guy that's never going to get that UFC title shot. Like he's always going to be a fighter to a A top 10 guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, w- I would give him a top 5 guy in when it comes to the featherweight. At least like right there. Either he's in it or just out of it. Um, based on his most recent performance. Um, so, you know, another
1: shot to try to get right back in there. He lost his last fight. I think well, he's lost his last three. Has he? He lost, uh, uh, who did he lose to before Frankie? Um, his last loss was to Ortega, was it not? Yeah, he lost to Ortega, then he lost to Frankie Edgar, and then he lost to uh, Moicano.
0: Okay, that's right, Morcano. Morcano, yeah. that was the more recent one. You're correct, uh, but again, that was another spot where he was right there against a guy who's right there. Moicano, in his last spot before that, was um, the extra or like the you know he weighed in just in case anyone wasn't there for the title yeah. fight. Um, so you talk about a fight right there for for Cub Swanson. That's another spot for him to kind of get right back in the swing of things and make himself a potential top contender, uh, and he fell short. So. Three straight losses for, for someone of Cubs caliber is a difficult spot um, to find yourself in. But now that we're looking at him again, what are your thoughts now on Cub and, and his chances here in this one? 11-1 um, uh, Shane Burgos. Yeah,
1: Shane Burgos has got a good record. But Cub is by far the 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 best guy he's fought. Um, I think Cub gets it done. I think Cub, I don't know. I think it goes to decision. Okay. But uh, I think I think Cub is still a whole a whole other level bigger than Shane Shane Burgos right now. You know Shane Burgos, I like his potential. So it's another he one hits of those. hard. He's got good boxing, but I I give it to Cub.
0: It's another one of those spots. So he's currently ranked tenth as Cub Swanson. I mean, given three losses, that shows you where he was and what it takes to try to keep yourself right in that top five spot. Um, but this is another one of them again that you know can kind of still keep him in that sniffing range. But I just feel like Cubs never going to fully get over that at least at this point where he's at and where just some of the young hungry up-and-coming guys are you look at the ortega fight to me was um was telling in a lot of ways where you know he was he was amped ready physically capable it was in his backyard i believe that one was in palm springs um and you know despite how he looked on the feet twice he, he almost got finished early and then was finished a little bit later uh and it's just it's a tough spot for cubs so i'm right there with you i think he gets this one but i think it's difficult to understand where he's at in the grand scheme of things um again just coming off of just who's around in the 145 pound division but um along with that on this card as well we, we have, have elias
1: theodoro and Derek
0: brunson, Derek brunson. so obviously you're gonna get Elias Theodoro in a card that's in Canada. Uh, Anytime we're in Canada, expect to see the Spartan. Um, Derek Brunson. So, Derek Brunson's been in some interesting spots, at least recently. We haven't seen him that frequently. Um, I but
1: he only fought twice last year
0: Right, so it's good to see Derek back in it And get himself back
1: involved This is a big fight for Elias though To this try to get himself into the, the top a consistent 10 consistent top 10 guy And Elias finally has that in Derek Brunson
0: Now we've seen him kind of <laughs> He's had some from nice performances yeah. recently but He again, does I have that
1: point fighter style And I don't know if that's going to work too well With a guy like Derek Brunson Who just wants to get in there And get out as quick as possible So we'll see if Elias can survive, kind of ride the wave the first round, and if he can, then I think Elias will win this decision. But if he can't, Derek I think could catch him for a quick knockout. Yeah, the the, the
0: power that comes from Derek Brunson is certainly there, um, and I, I'm curious to see. What I think Derek has Elias. something
1: to prove after losing to Izzy. I think he doesn't want to go out there and have a. The way he lost forms. to Izzy, yeah, as exactly. well. I mean, he Derek good. Derek talked a lot of shit too. He looked good. Yeah. He looked, but
0: the way Izzy finished him and put together that last combination, really, uh, was just devastating. And again, you, you don't want to be on anyone's highlight reel. Yeah. And especially with someone up and coming like that. And the guy who talks the way Izzy talks. So you get it. And this is a chance for him to come back. And it's a chance to do it in the home country of Elias Theodoro. So he's going to have the crowd on his back. Uh, and it's a nice co-main. It's a good spot for him as well to get himself a co-main fight against a top 10 fighter. Are you thinking the power of Derek Brunson overcomes him in this one? Is that more likely? But again, it's, it's, it's fighting. So what we expect, what's likely doesn't always matter.
1: I think what's likely is a Derek Brunson knockout in the first or second Ooh. round. But what I expect is a Theodoro decision. He's
0: had some fights that are interesting as well where it feels like He's gotten dominated at points of it, but he's able to kind of corral it, bring it back in, and still finish off that fight. About finish Elias? off that, yes.
1: Yeah, like in the Theo Santos fight, he definitely right. lost all three rounds, <laughs> but he never, he never put his foot off the gas pedal. He kept coming forward even though he got cut really bad over his eye. I remember watching that fight.
0: Now, when it comes to the main event, Ally Aquinta and Donald Cerrone were both barking at some pretty big names. We were hearing Donald Cerrone potentially fighting Conor McGregor. We were hearing Ally Quinta potentially fighting Conor McGregor. We were hearing Ally Quinta also call for Habib rematch, given that when he got Habib the first time, it was on a day's notice. (laughs) It was about the least (laughs) amount of time he could possibly have to prepare for the most difficult opponent he will ever face, potentially, in a guy like Habib Nurmagomedov. And he went five rounds with the current champion. So he's got at least... um, you know, some Something behind what he's saying when he says he deserves maybe a, another shot at Habib over some other people like Conor McGregor, who was finished by him. And you look at a lot of Habib's finishes or dominant performances, you got to give Ally Quinta a lot of credit for how he performed in that fight. Donald Cerrone coming back to 155 from 170, uh, getting a beautiful performance against Alexander yeah. Hernandez. A young guy, a young, thick exciting um performer at 55 with a lot of oomph behind everything he was trying to bring to the table against cowboy cowboy shut that down real quick um gave the kid a a rude awakening let everyone know that he is still very much there you know he it was a little iffy when you, when you look at how it was going in the press conference, and he was talking about how much the weight cut was bothering him. You weren't sure if that was going to bother him too, too much. It had been a while since he had made the cut. We've seen him before take some body shots after cutting at 55, and it's just it just kind of crumbles. It's too much for him. Cowboy looked damn good again yeah, at 55. Really good.
1: This is a banger. Yeah, of this a is fight. an awesome fight. This is probably going to be 25 minutes of straight kickboxing. You think it definitely goes all the way? Uh, I think it could. I think that's what's, m- what's most likely is a decision. These guys are both so fucking tough and both want this win so bad. I wouldn't
0: be shocked to see maybe a Cowboy submission win. Like yeah. if if they get themselves there, I mean nothing against Raging Owl's ability on the ground. I think he can certainly handle himself. But Cowboy's Slick, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a veteran move in there after a nice battle. But I think they're going to go to go to war for. I think they're going go to a few rounds too. before we see that potentially happen.
1: Yeah. Um, do you, do you have a prediction?
0: I, I think I'm going to go with Cowboy, and it's tough because this is an interesting spot for Ally Iacquinta to be in, right? You look at Al a couple of years ago, before he got the opportunity to fight Habib, and this is a guy who's spending a lot of his time selling real estate. He hasn't felt like he's gotten the money or the opportunity that he felt he's deserved from the UFC. I don't think everyone has been aware of exactly how talented he is. Yeah. This is a guy who was a runner-up um, for the... Uh, ultimate fighter, I believe, to Michael Kiesa, if I'm not mistaken. I think Kiesa beat him with a rear naked choke in the finale. Um Ally Quinta has come out and he's beaten Kevin Lee twice. I think that's been very impressive given that Kevin Lee had a lot behind him. Um you know he you know was making all these claims of where he should be in the division and Ally Quinta shut that down right quick both those times. Uh ex- ex- especially the second time uh watching him in those fourth and fifth rounds against kevin lee that was awesome he was fantastic yeah uh and he was into it how much he hated kevin lee was certainly present and and he let kevin know about it during the
1: fight yeah that lasts like 50 seconds when he it was
0: fantastic <laughs> he just the second it's over and, and he's screaming at him jabbing at him i mean that's the rage now we love to see uh he's gotten a little again you just you're ready when the ufc needs you to be ready that's the one thing i will give dana credit i think we've talked about this before that's the one spot where i will give dana credit because it has been true every time if you're just ready at the right time whenever that might be you might get a prime time opportunity he gets that at ufc 223 when all hell broke loose tony ferguson steps on a cord his knee yep. pops he can't fight max holloway comes down to fight uh, habib That doesn't work out either because of weight issues. Paul Felder not ranked high enough for the Paul Felder's not ranked, so they don't let him fight? Yeah. Ally Aquinta has to uh, weigh his underwear. They show that it's .2. The UFC says that's good enough. Your 155.2 works. If you win, you get the belt. He gets this phenomenal chance. Now, granted, he loses and handily loses to Habib, but everyone is impressed with 24 hours' notice bad performance yeah so he, he puts himself in that position and i think more people are starting to realize just how good he is um and look when he's committed to fighting not just you know uh hating being mad at dana and 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 being mad that he's not getting bonuses and 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 you know cursing and calling out the ufc for all, for being done wrong when he's focused and fighting ray janelle is damn entertaining and he's fighting maybe the,
1: one of the most entertaining fighters in ufc history yeah and uh I'm picking Ally Aquina to win really? a decision. Really? Did that change yeah. as we've been talking? No, no. I, <laughs> I, a decision. I was thinking about it before, the, before we started. Okay. Yeah. I think he's going to win a five round decision. Probably 48 47 across the board. Ooh, so barely. Yeah. You think it'll be a unanimous, though? I think it'll be unanimous. Now, could granted, be sp- it could always be a split. Granted, all, all that means MMA. is that
0: one person sees it slightly different than someone else. Yeah. Um, not that, you know, he, one person. doesn't But matter. I
1: think, I, I think Ally Aquina, I think he gets it done. I think he gets it Is the there decision. anything
0: that you think. Could surprise most people within this fight between any of these guys. Like what we'll see.
1: I think Al could knock down Donald. Ooh, early. Mm, like, or do you think round. it would take
0: where? I think it'd be like because Al's third not round. A, an overly powerful guy. Um, Cowboys got a lot more, I think, uh, power behind some of those yeah. shots.
1: But Al's got really good dirty boxing too, and he's great in a scramble, uh, especially in the Khabib fight. He do you expect a lot of? clinch work between these two a lot of grappling yeah. between these two i expect more clinch work than ground game i don't think al's gonna shoot clinch and knees. i think cowboy shoots first and then do you think al is affected at
0: all by the potential leg kicks coming from cowboy and
1: yeah that and the standing knees and the knees in the clench is what he's got to really look out for but i think he keeps that range shoots if he has to and doesn't fall into any of Cowboy's traps, whether that's an arm bar from the bottom or a triangle from the bottom. Do you think it's more Muay Thai or more kickboxing? I think it's more kickboxing.
0: So they're going to keep their distance a little bit more, and they're going to get those shots. I mean, Cowboy yeah. throws a lot more kicks. I think
1: maybe in the maybe in the fourth round, out throws the game plan and over the edge and just fights in the phone booth. We'll see i 'm so curious to I see like when it gets it done with a decision
0: very interesting I'm so curious to see how it goes early and how that affects their game plans if someone gets a good shot on someone else early and if that if 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 Al gets caught a couple times does he see red and just try to get him back does he I mean I don't think he will do that I think he's been very smart. We've seen that over the last while, but this is another one of those fights. He's fighting a guy that will not be easy to take out of there with his style. There's not one thing that Al does that can overly dominate Cowboy. But I, uh, I don't know. This is going to be very interesting. But I think I think as it wears down, we get to the third and fourth rounds, and we see more. I think that's when we'll get more of the clinch work, and that's where I think Cowboy will take we'll, over we'll get the shots he needs because what were we seeing against hernandez Yeah. those knees to the body right yeah that was really every time hernandez, hernandez came hernandez in has the
1: the head movement absolutely true the boxing skills very true when it has i
0: just feel like once we get to that third and fourth round it's going to be a more worn down al at that point and that's where cowboy will get it done but look i'm not going to be shocked with with your assessment either i think this is a phenomenal fight i'm kind of bummed that one of these guys has to lose lose. because I'm excited for either one of them to get the potential opportunities that could be next from winning this fight. I mean, we're talking about uh, number eight versus number four. Yeah, I mean, Justin Gaethje right there in the mix. Tony Ferguson, it seems like will... Be fighting. I think again. I think he'll fight this year. Yeah. It, it seems like Tony Ferguson. I mean, the things seem to be like resolving with for, him and his family strongly, life.
1: He could get that Anthony Pettis rematch.
0: Oh God! There are some serious options. Yeah. Pettis, I guess, is coming back to 55. He made it seem like you know he goes <laughs> goes up to 170, just says I'm gonna fuck with this real quick uh, and knock out Wonderboy, and then I'm gonna go back to 55 and just mm. mess with the 70s for a little bit. I don't know what that was about. Good for him because he got his kind of career going back, um, but. I think there's a lot going on at 55, and I'm not sure how Pettis gets back into that mix um, so easily. I think the 70 was a good spot for him.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll see. It will be interesting. And 155 is still the it's best that, division in the UFC without a
0: doubt. And it's it all it, of mixed martial it's, arts. It's, it's been that. Divi- it is. Division. It's been that traditional weight class, and it's kind of stayed there i mean yes the 205 um the two fivers at one point in the ufc were probably where a lot of the money was coming yeah, from but yeah. you look at the depth um of a, of a
1: weight class it feels like 55 has always had a lot of those phenomenal athletes if i think a, i even if you have a guy at if you have a guy like islam makachev who just got yeah. ranked at 15th in your division a guy that's like that talented that just goes to show how deep division is if he just followed
0: the uh, the co-main fight. of that april 20th fight in russia it was a great fight um but yeah just the depth that there is at 155 it's and incredible. this this just kind of shows off more of that showcase yeah, so like yeah Gilbert
1: burns isn't even ranked like when you got guys like that it's just a shark tank
0: so uh, this is going to be huge to see how this shakes out again i was excited for the last card um and the, with everything going on we can focus a little bit more on just this one but then again in may 11th UFC 237 uh, with Rose Namajunas and Jessica Andrade. You mentioned the Jose Aldo versus Volkanovsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anderson Silva versus uh, the thriller or the killer gorilla. Yep. Um, so <laughs> it feels like it never ends. Yeah. Every weekend there's more and more fights going on. And I love year, it.
1: This year's been killing it.
0: This is fantastic. Um, look, this has been great. We're going to get another weekend of fights. And once this all shakes out, we get to do this all again and talk about more that's coming up next. Yes, so sir. Sam, I want to thank you for joining me. This has been episode number 33. We are stepping off the scale. Thank you for joining us here from the weigh-ins. We'll catch you guys soon.